Welcome to Access College on KPFK 90.7 Los Angeles, a show devoted to helping students and families get better information about college admissions and better access to higher education. I'm your host, Jenny Umhofer. Today we continue our series that takes a closer look at college admissions from several very specific perspectives. Today's perspective? College counseling. You're about to embark on a journey to a place you've never been before. It feels like it should be an easy trip, but it's not. There's lots of forms, lots of travel restrictions, lots of unknowns. It's a foreign land. You could take the trip alone, but you realize how helpful it would be to have a guide, someone who speaks the language, who can help you navigate the unknowns and find your way to your far-off destination. Applying for college is a lot like a journey, and there are all sorts of guides out there who can help you navigate the college admissions waters. Today on Access College, crushing it with college counseling. First, a confession. I totally missed the boat on college counseling. I went to a big public high school in San Diego that had not a single college counselor and was left to my own devices in applying for college. It wasn't until many years later, working in admissions at UCLA, Caltech, and Scripps, that I learned how many college counseling options there are out there, both school-based and independent. But even more importantly, I learned the value of having a great college counselor. Today we're going to hear from a series of experts on the value of a college counselor. We're going to speak with an extraordinarily experienced director of college counseling at a leading local school, and we'll be talking to a national leader in college counseling. But first, we're joined by Terry Situk. Terry is the regional program director for a well-known national organization called College Summit. Its mission, to inspire and coach low-income youth in pursuit of their college dreams. Terry, thanks for being with us. Thank you. So tell us about College Summit. How did it get started and what does it do? So College Summit has been around for about 20 years already. And literally, the whole purpose of our mission is to make sure that more students go to college. And how do we do that? We know that 17-year-olds listen to other 17-year-olds more often than not. So what we're using is we're using our students to be advocates, to promote college within the school level, and increase the college enrollment rates at the schools. And what are the particular challenges low-income students might face when they apply to college? I think one of the biggest ones that they face end up being they don't understand the process. A lot of our kids are seeing high school as, well, I completed that. That's the end all. Because for a lot of our students, that ends up being the benchmark of success. A lot of our students really need to understand the application process, that it's not just a one time and that's it. A lot of the process ends up being follow through from things that you had to do before you applied and things that you need to do to follow up once your application has been submitted. And that's where our students are falling through the cracks. So our program has three different components. I mentioned one being the peer leader component. So we train rising seniors to really take a step forward and be advocates for college. We train them through our college workshop. They stay at a campus for four days, three nights, and they literally learn the process to get to college. So they learn about their personal statement. They have an hour of college advising with a specific college counselor. They go through leadership development. So they're going through a lot of their own self-discovery. What we're finding is a lot of our students have roadblocks that they set for themselves based on their mindsets. So a lot of what we do through our workshop is 
really to empower them. So then our students are coming back and being those college advocates at the school site level, working with teachers once that teachers are trained and building the curriculum and presenting that and it becomes a class at the school. These students become what we know as our peer leaders. They become a cohort of students who then will put on college-themed events, work with the teachers when the class is going on because they've already done the pre-work. So they become our advocates for college. Our goal is that every single student who has the potential and has the ability and has the grades moves on to higher education. I had a girl who, when we started the program, she didn't want to go. She didn't want to go to the four-day trip. She thought it was great, but she was afraid to leave her mom for the four days. Her mother was a single mother. So she's like, no, my mom needs me. But she ended up going. And her dream after high school was to go to the Army because she wanted to provide for her family. And she knew that once they sign up, they get a bonus, some compensation. And she was adamant about that, even after the four days. She's like, I can still do this. I can do both. And and I think the really important thing was that we still pushed her to some extent to make sure that she applied because she was UC bound. She had the grades. She had done all the AP classes. And to see her just almost settle because she was for money was really sad. So we worked with the counselor, we worked with the teachers to make sure that she at least applied. When she started receiving the letters of acceptance, her face and her attitude completely changed. She really believed that she could not get into a UC. And she finally got her letter of acceptance. She said, I'm going here. And she ends right now she's at UC Davis. And so the fear of leaving her mom was gone because she knew that she could still provide. It's things like that, lack of knowledge, really creates a roadblock for our kids to move on to the next level because Mm -hmm. of the fear, the fear of not being able to pay, the fear of being rejected, and the fear of leaving the family. Currently, we have what we call university clubs. We have one at CSUN, and we have one at UCLA. And the idea behind cohort models is really helpful for our kids to know that they have someone to go to when they get to campus. What high schools in the Southern California area do you work with? Um, Right now, we're in 14 different schools. The majority are in the San Fernando Valley. So we work with Arlita, Selmar, Selmar Biotech High School. Uh, We work with three, we're upcoming, we're going to be working with three schools in in the Cesar Chavez Complex, Artes, Social Justice Humanitas, and Academy of Scientific Exploration. And then we're working with a few schools in L.A., such as the Diego Rivera Complex. We work with three of their schools, Green Design, Public Service, and Communications and Technology Schools. We work with Washington Prep, who has been a longtime partner, and they're, they're awesome. And we're coming on board with a new charter school, which is Academy of Science and Engineering in L.A. I was in the same boat when I was in high school. I am the first one in my family to go to college, so it's really close to my heart. Um, and so when you look at the students, they have the same inhibitions that I had when I was going, when I was applying. And I really do feel that someone believing in me helped me get to where I am. So it's just as important for me to pay it forward and make sure that our students know that I believe in them and that their teachers, even though we're not always communicating it day in and day out, that we all believe in them. This is why the, we do the work that we do. I think finding some a relationship with someone that has gone to college is also really important in a positive relationship with someone that has gone to college because you don't want to have someone that dislikes the school that they're going to or is 
you know, doing the grunt work five-year plan, you want to find someone that's really on track in their college education so that they can tell you, hey, this is what I did. These are the mistakes that I made. You should do them this way or you you can learn from me. So one of the things that we do is within our curriculum, we actually go through what does financial aid cover? And then we go over the forms, but we also go over what steps do you need to take after you fill out the FAFSA? So we hold FAFSA sessions within the school site level, but a lot of the times that's not enough for our students. They don't understand the communication that happens from the federal government through the schools. So they need to understand their award letter. They need to understand they need to accept these items and making sure that they provide the documentation that's necessary to prove whatever they put in their FAFSA. So a lot of that is happening within the classroom level. So we're scaffolding that information to our students, but also making sure that we have the hands-on approach in filling out these forms that are not so easy to fill out. FAFSA covers everything from books to tuition to really miscellaneous. So making sure that they understand that. Terry, thank you so much for your wisdom and your insights. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Terry's work with College Summit inspires me. One of the reasons I'm drawn to the work I do is because of how strongly I feel about the value of a college education. I see education, especially higher education, as a cornerstone of our society. And I want every child that wants to go to college to have that opportunity. Reaching out to help students striving to overcome immense obstacles to a college education strikes me as one of the best things we can do for our young people and for our nation. Terry's stories show that for these students and for every student, college counseling can make a remarkable difference in their college prospects. Our next guest is Rhody Davis, the Director of College Counseling at the prominent Viewpoint School in Calabasas, California. Joining us now is Rhody Davis, a remarkably qualified expert in college admissions and college counseling. Rhody has been writing and speaking about getting into college for years in everything from the San Fernando Valley Business Journal to the New York Times Choice blog. She worked in the admissions office at the University of Chicago, served as the chair of the board of the Association of College Counselors in Independent Schools, and is the director of college counseling at Viewpoint School in Calabasas. Rhody, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jenny. So tell us about Viewpoint and its approach to helping students through the college admissions process. Viewpoint's a college preparatory independent co-ed day school in Calabasas, California. We have about 1,200 students in kindergarten through 12th grade, and we provide a foundation in the core academic subject areas of English, math, history, science, world languages, as well as a robust program in the arts and athletics. But basically, our educational philosophy revolves around helping students individually with their own unique goals and needs. And part of that is why we assign students to college counselors midway through ninth grade. So I'm sure there's a parent listening out there saying to themselves, I didn't have any help when I applied for college. Why does my daughter need help and I didn't? I tell (laughs) parents this all the time. Whatever you knew when you applied to college, just throw it out the window. I think now with the advent of technology, there's so so many more options available to students that the process for many of them is not just a local one, but it's a national or even an international one. 
providing more guidance is really important for kids now because it's just a really complicated process. The testing piece is more complicated. The application piece is more complicated. I mean, the, the numbers, colleges are getting more and more applicants. Students are filing more and more applications. Colleges are, many colleges are more selective. So there's, there's more unknowns now. I am, as most college counselors, many college counselors are in high schools, a member of NACAC, the National Association of College Admission Counseling. Um, go, I go to conferences every year with NACAC. There's a local, each region of the country has a local affiliate an ACAC affiliate. We have WACAC here in California, <laughs> which is a name I like. It gives us a chance to network with other professionals at other schools. What's everyone doing? How, you know, what's happening at your school? How do you handle this problem? How do you handle that issue? And then it also, probably most importantly, gives us a chance to learn what are the issues that are really impacting the process. As you know, a big topic lately is the cost of college. And it's so important to hear about the nuances of that issue so that we can really help our kids and our families understand that issue. Central to success in any student's college admission process is engaging in self-reflection and really doing the hard work of trying to understand who they are understand what what are the challenges that they face, what are the goals that they have, what are their interests. So I think if students can really engage in that exploration, a self-exploration, that will help them write better essays, that will help them choose the colleges that are right for them, that will help them be realistic about their choices about you know where they can do good work, about what they can afford. So I think that is kind of self-exploration, self-reflection is essential to you know success in the process as a whole. They also need help with understanding how to do effective research, trying to stay away from hearsay, trying to uh, make good decisions based on their own research, such as visiting colleges themselves talking to admission people at those colleges. If you have that as a foundation, then you'll be able to write good essays. You'll be able to fill out effective forms on the application. For many students who may be at large high schools who don't have um, much access to a college counselor, um, I would encourage them to identify a mentor, maybe you know a, a family member or a, a cousin or an older sibling or a family friend, someone who has, who they trust, who's been, who has some knowledge about the process, who can help them. So you don't necessarily need a quote-unquote college counselor to help you through this. The best qualities of a college counselor or a guide for this process are someone who can um, listen. I think listening is really essential, finding someone who can really hear what you're saying. There's a lot of emotions that are built into this process, and um, oftentimes they are uncovered as students begin to think about leaving home and think about applying to college and going out on their own. I go through a lot of Kleenex in my office, and it's not necessarily about bad college decisions. It's often you know, students who are grappling with serious issues in their family or maybe health issues or issues amongst friends. Also someone who can kind of gently challenge you maybe. Um, oftentimes students are so busy, they have these enormous checklists 
and often they just want to, you know, college essay, check, or, you know, college application, check. They just want to cross things off their, their list. And sometimes I have to say, like, you know, wait a minute. You wrote this essay, and it's okay, but I think you have a lot more you can say. There's so much that students learn about themselves and, and so much that they learn even when they fail, when they don't get the college that they had hoped and dreamed about. I mean, that's a real moment of um, growth and a real moment of challenge where, you know, we're there to help them hopefully redirect and move forward. I like to think of the student as sort of the team captain and we're, you know, on the team as a support role to help them. You know, the teachers, the college counselors, the school administrators, and the parents. But, you know, the person in charge needs to be the student. There will be some sort of plan in place at every high school, so it's really important for students to understand if there are internal deadlines by which forms need to be filled out or if there are database reminders or practices that students need to be on top of so that they can make sure that their credentials are sent out on time. I really appreciate you coming in today. It's such an honor to have you with us today, Rhody. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Rhody Davis and Viewpoint School, you can visit viewpoint.org. That's V-I-E-W-P-O-I-N-T dot O-R-G. As we've discussed today, one of the college counseling options out there is to seek the assistance of an independent college counselor. Mark Scalaro is the executive director of the Independent Educational Consultants Association, or IECA, an organization comprised of independent college counselors throughout the nation. He has a wealth of information about college counseling. Joining us today is someone who probably knows more about independent educational consultants, or college admissions coaches, than anyone else in the country. Mark Sklaro is the CEO of the Independent Educational Consultants Association and has been for 20 years now. IECA is the nation's oldest and most prominent organization for educational consultants working in private practice. Mark, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jenny. I'm thrilled to be here. So let's get right to the heart of it. Why hire an independent consultant to help with college admissions? Well, first I'll say something that might surprise you. Not everyone needs to hire an educational consultant. A student who knows where they want to go, it's a school where admission seems to be a slam dunk, they don't want to look at options and alternatives that may be out there for them. Frankly, that family may not need an independent educational consultant. Somebody who just wants to be sure that they're making a great match, a good fit between a student, uh, their personality, their interests, their abilities, and the place where they're going to live for the next four or five years and where they're going to study and learn. That's going to fit them like a glove academically. It's going to fit them socially. It's going to fit them in the type of community they want to be in. Uh, and the student in that situation that wants to sort of cast a wide net and figure out what's a great match, that's a student that should hire an educational consultant. The, the other type of student, I would say, is anything going on in a student's life that's a little bit different, a little out of the ordinary. That might be a learning disability. Maybe it's a student who is interested in the arts, a student who's an athlete, uh, somebody who has been fascinated by science and technology their whole lives. Something that makes them different than your 
everyday, ordinary, run-of-the-mill student, that's a student that probably needs an independent educational consultant. For a family that needs some extra time, some extra attention, that there are some complications, that family may want to hire an educational consultant. The sign of success isn't getting in, it's getting out of sure. college in the end. So it isn't just about getting the fat envelope saying you've been accepted, but it's finding a place where a kid is going to really thrive. I'll give one very simple example. Take a student who could easily get into a, a very competitive top university, whether in the UC system or a student who wants to go to the East Coast and go to Penn or, or Duke or somewhere with a great reputation. But they may not be the right schools for somebody. We want to make sure that when parents call a member of our association, they're getting somebody who is honest, ethical, capable, competent, all those great things. And the reason that that's so important is there's not a single state in the United States that regulates independent educational consultants. So anybody can just hang out a shingle, say that they're an educational consultant. So having some resource where a parent can say, ah, but are you really qualified? That's the role that we play. We see consultants that are not in IECA who make promises that they can guarantee admission, that they're going to get a student into their, one of their top choices. One of the statements I hate the most is when the consultant says that they know the tricks of the trade uh, in, in order to sort of manipulate the process so that they're going to help the student write their essays. All of those things are simply false. Consultants shouldn't be engaging in any of those practices. The ethics of it are, are just so important. So let's say there is a family looking to find a good college admissions coach. How should they find one? So, you know, of course I'm going to say that one of the places they should look to start <laughs> is to go to the IECA website, which is IECAonline.com. They should go to that site. We have a lot of information that's there. It isn't just finding a consultant. It's learning about how to do effective college visits and learning how to get accommodations on SATs and ACTs. A lot of information on the site. But they also can look for an educational consultant. You want a consultant that's a good match for the family. The typical student and their parents are going to work with a consultant probably for two years. And so you want to make sure that it's a good match. Some consultants are taskmasters who are going to make sure those deadlines are met and, and you're not going to fall behind. For other students, they need somebody who's going to do a little more hand-holding and help the student who may be anxious about the college application process, may be anxious about starting college, going away from home. So finding a consultant uh, that's a great match is certainly a piece of that as well. I think asking good questions of the consultant that you, that you might hire before you do, asking them how often they visit college campuses. Are they on the road? Do they visit colleges in the area, or do they also visit colleges outside of the area? There are great colleges for every single student, period. Show me a D student. Show me a C-minus student. Show me a B-plus student. Show me a student with a 5-0 grade point average. There are great colleges for every one of them. 
So what the consultant should be about is lowering anxiety. You always want to look for someone who is going to be honest, who seems really committed to a student's success, who talks about success in college rather than getting in. If you hear those things, you're on the right path. Most students go to schools that offer some sort of counseling themselves. So can you touch upon the differences between school counselors and independent consultants and how the relationship works? That's a great question to ask. So let's start with the, with the most important piece, and that is every student should be working with their school counselor completely, 100%, no questions asked. That is an extremely important person in their life. The school counselor is the one that's going to help them get their, their materials together, get transcripts sent. They may have the ability to get a university on the phone if there are questions that have to be asked. So you certainly want to work with your school counselor. I think an educational consultant is a slightly different job. I think it's a bit of a different animal. A great college consultant is going to get really at the heart of who the student is. How do they learn best? Did they learn in a large group, in a competitive environment? Did they learn sitting around a table with eight other students in, in conversation and discussion? Do they learn by doing? Do they learn by reading? A great consultant wants to figure out very often what's the personality of a student. Are they going to spend Friday night reading books sitting in a dorm room? Or do they want to spend Friday night going to a basketball game, going out for pizza with friends? Or do they want to spend Friday night in deep discussions of philosophical topics? The educational consultant is probably going to do career exploration, something that just most school counselors just don't have time to do. That career exploration helps inform what kind of college is a good choice as well. School counselors and independent counselors work together, doing different pieces of the process. In the best situation, they're talking with one another, they're working with one another, and a student is drawing the best from each. You know the average in California right now is over a 1,000 students for each counselor. An educational consultant is likely to be working with 40 students. So you can imagine right there how much more time there is to pursue these other aspects of a student's personality and their interest in their life as a way to help ensure an even better match. Ideally, if you can start working with an educational consultant, having a first meeting in ninth grade, at least I would say 10th grade, because a great educational consultant, again, is going to supplement the work being done by your school counselor for a student who is very interested, let's say, in, in a STEM area, science, technology, uh, uh, engineering, or math. They're interested in those areas. You want to be able to begin planning in high school to take the math courses you need, to take AP if it's offered. A great consultant is going to help you think about that and plan. great consultant early on can even help you think about summers. Uh, you know, your summer should be used as a time to do what you love, something you're passionate about. And a great consultant can help you figure out what's out there. Students sometimes are surprised. Colleges don't want you to take things in the summer to make them happy. They want you to do things in the summer that make you happy and joyful because that gives them then some insight as to who you are and what you enjoy doing. 
Well, it's truly an honor to have you with us today, Mark. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And if you'd like to learn more about IECA, you can find them at IECAonline.com. That's I-E-C-A-O-N-L-I-N-E dot com. There's a line at the beginning of the movie, Love Actually, that always comes back to me when I think about helping people get into college. Love actually is all around. The truth is that when it comes to getting into college, help actually is all around. There are just so many people all around us who can be resources and guides for the college journey. High school counselors, teachers, parents, extended family, family friends, co-workers, neighbors, and yes, independent college consultants. But here's the catch. These guides don't find you. You have to find them. Start with teachers, counselors, and friends, and work your way out. Follow leads until you find people with the answers you need. Be bold and assertive. Take the initiative to get the information and help you need for your college admissions journey. This is your education and your process. Embrace the journey, and I promise you, you'll find your way. Tune in next Sunday at 1.30 p.m. for the last in our six-part series as we discuss another perspective on the college admissions process, the future of higher education. I'd like to thank Terry Satuk of College Summit, Rhody Davis of Viewpoint School, Mark Sklaro of IECA, my assistant producer Ashley Sim, and of course, my brilliant intern and editor Colin Chalmers. If you'd like to learn more about my work with students and families, please visit thecollege.org. That's T-H-E-C-O-L-L-E-D-G-E dot O-R-G. This is your host, Jenny Umhofer, on Access College on KPFK 90.7 Los Angeles. Until next time. You're the best.